there are unanswered prayers that are just about to break out. And we know that we live in the best days because you may as well accept that. It's the only day you got. And <laughs> uh, this is the best day. Um, and so it's the best day for you and me to be alive. God, God purposed it. You're exactly the right age. Isn't that great? He knew exactly when you were going to be born, and he knew that we'd actually somehow get together to connect. So I pastor, I planted and pastor a church with another amazing woman of God uh, in the West Country. Sandra's traveling with me. She's our administrator and missions director in the church in the West Country. And by the way, it's not full of just women. There's loads of men too, which is wonderful. Um, and, you know, we, we are just wanting to see all that God plans and purposes for each one of us and his church in this day. And, um, you know, when I talk to James, I think, oh gosh, I hope, Lord, I'm going to bring the right word. But I trust the Lord that the word that is in my heart is going to really bless you. And it is a prayer that is already written down, which really helps me, because I like the written down prayers, um, as well as the leading of the Spirit when I pray. Can we turn to the third epistle of John? And um, this is a prayer from um, this man, great man of God, who was a disciple of Jesus, um, very close to the heart of Jesus. And it's an interesting prayer. We, we, um, we are uh, in days where we need to be praying for others, praying for the nation, and be aware that we all have a ministry to other people. But I love the way this um, small book starts. In verse 2, uh, John prays this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, and be in health just as your soul prospers. I pray that you will prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, I think this is amazing that the Apostle John, which, you know, we, <laughs> the great, great man of God, but it is the Word of God prayed for the church to prosper. Now, I don't want you to just think pound signs. I think that's very much part of God's provision that we will have more than enough in our destiny and call as a follower of Jesus Christ. We're not following money, we're following Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we're following his call and his destiny, but I believe that um, prosperity financially needs to kind of serve the vision and the purpose that God has for his kingdom to come uh, through our lives. So however that works out for you and me, there's always going to be more than enough. But this prosperity that John is speaking about isn't just uh, about material prosperity and it is connected to being um, physically well, but it also speaks here about the prosperity of soul and that your soul is very important to your whole well-being. That if you're going to be an effective Christian, an effective disciple of Jesus, producing fruit that lasts, your soul needs to prosper. And 
And it is, a, it is a vital message. We, I believe in healing. And in fact, on the way up, I heard amazing testimonies of a few people that recently got healed, signs and wonders. And God's doing amazing things with them, doing miracles, isn't he? physical miracles but I just have this word on my heart so strong for you guys that as you pour out your lives in prayer and really want to see a shift and a change in this place in Manchester the place that God has called you to and in the nation that actually God wants to do something in your soul and he wants to um Prosper your soul. Now, your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, of course, your mind, will, and emotions will never prosper outside the will of God and in His holiness and in righteousness. So, you know, let's take that as a given that that's how you think. Shall we? Should we take that as a given? You're thinking in the will of God, not just, you know, however I want to live. But the Holy Spirit has this um, desire, because it's the will of God, to release prosperity of soul in your mind, will, and emotions. And so many Christians are not well in their soul. And there is a massive increase of depression and anxiety in our nation, and also in the church. And I believe that the anointing that God has placed on our lives, each one of us, part of that anointing is to heal the brokenhearted. But we better get well first. Because I think the understanding of the soul is vital for what actually flows out of your life. So if you've got a healthy soul, you're going to have a flow of the divine life of the spirit into other people's lives. Jesus spoke, didn't he, about being the vine and we're the branches. And that actually he is the source of life. And if we are rightly attached and connected to him, his word abiding in us, that actually as the vine supplies to the branch, we as individuals are to be receiving ongoing supply from his spirit, from his life, so that that life flow actually transforms everything about our inner life. And then it flows out of us in fruit. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Now imagine if your soul was the the sticking point and wasn't, it, it wasn't the divine life that was flowing, but there were other things in your soul that were actually meaning that what was happening is that you're projecting something that is not the life of the Spirit. And that's really what Jesus was, um, when he died on the cross, he didn't just die for your spirit. When you're born again, you have a new spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. You're a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. He didn't just, just, just die for your spirit, to give you eternal life in your spirit. He died so that your soul would be well, and your body would be well, and that you will be a minister of wellness. <laughs> That's a popular word nowadays, isn't it? This is the kind of wellness the world needs. The life of God. 
there's a, there's a, it's like the, the, in the Old Testament, Ezekiel, the sanctuary where the, the dwelling place of God, that there, there's this outflow, an ever-increasing outflow of the life of God. But it's got to flow to you and through you. You understand, if we're, we're going to be channels of the Holy Spirit, channels of blessing, even in our prayers, that actually sometimes our soul can limit and stop what the Spirit wants to do. And we are the church of Jesus Christ, anointed by the Holy Spirit, with God himself living in us. And therefore, we are healers of every kind of sickness and disease. Without question. But there might be one or two blocks. And we've got to say, let it flow. Let it flow. I thought that was quite Christmassy. But, you know, life isn't um, always peachy, is it? It doesn't always turn out as you think it's going to turn out. Things happen to us that actually affect our soul, affect the way we see life, our perception, the way we think, and our emotional well-being. And I've picked up some recently new acquired lessons from the Holy Spirit on how life really needs to be impacted by the Holy Spirit in heartache and sadness and loss. And I've needed the Lord in this area. And I I humbly say to you, I am trusting the Holy Spirit that what I've received is going to be released here tonight. That you, beloved, will prosper in your soul. And out of that soul prosperity will flow a prosperity and fruitfulness in every area of your life, your relational life, your your working life, in your ministry to the world, whatever you're called to do, that there will be this prosperity of the Holy Spirit working through your life. In 2 Corinthians, there's this um, reality uh, that Paul speaks about in the Christian life. And Jesus told us that this is what it was going to be like. That in the world you will have trouble. <laughs> Jesus did not tell his disciples it was always going to be easy. You're going to have stuff that comes against you. You're going to suffer some things. But he says, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And he's, he's wanting to bring about this, okay guys, you're going to go through some stuff. If you're going to be a real follower of Jesus, you will. But let me tell you, got it sorted and you don't have to live with the effect of that for the rest of your life I can heal you and restore your soul from all the things that happen to you now Paul in in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 if we look at verse 8 starts here it says we don't want you to be ignorant brethren of our trouble which came to us in Asia Asia that we were burdened beyond measure above strength so that we despaired even of our lives now I love Paul Paul is such an amazing apostle he gave us so much of the precious word of God in Christ Jesus but I also like it that he's real 
Because sometimes people say faith isn't real. Now, it doesn't mean that um, faith, this is his faith, that life is all about being in despair and at the end of yourself. But he actually found himself in those times where actually stuff was really tough. And he was in despair, and even despaired even of his life. And in that moment, you could say Paul was having a really rough time. And he wasn't feeling great about what was happening to him. And so this great man of faith who knew the Lord gave us the in Christ revelation. It's actually saying, guys, I want you to know that I too went to the pits. I too experienced these kinds of things. But he didn't leave it there. He actually says, you know, even though we have the sentence of death in ourselves, this happened that we shouldn't trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. So in other words, he says, whatever's happening to me is actually throwing me on Jesus. And he says, in my trust in him, at that point, I'm going to start experiencing resurrection life. That he who raises the dead, he delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he still will deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us. Actually, the, the, the saints were praying for him as well. So he was getting a supply of grace through the saints in that troubled time. And I think that's also part of overcoming is that we pray for each other when we're in trouble, which is what the Apostle John was doing. Beloved, I pray for you. I pray for you that you will prosper and be in health just as your soul prospers. It's a, it's a really great prayer to pray for each other because God will answer that and God will move through that. But Paul transferred his trust from the problem and from the despair to Jesus. And I want to tell you that this is the greatest secret of the Christian life. Is if you will stop kind of feeding off what's going wrong and start to feed off Jesus. In that moment, in that moment of trust and dependency on him, something supernatural is bound to happen. Because God will move wherever there is faith. Because Paul was trusting God, the Holy Spirit began to move. You remember, wherever Jesus did extraordinary things, and tonight we've been singing, God of miracles, I believe. And I believe tonight in miracles. I believe because he's present for miracles. But I believe with all of my heart that if we personally trust him and kind of stop our feelings dominating our lives and we come to faith in Jesus, that there will be a supernatural supply of joy, peace, life, resurrection. I think Paul went from looking like one of those withered plants that hasn't had water for weeks to full of life, 
flowers everywhere going, whoa, I'm full. And you see, I think sometimes our soul can be withered and we walk around looking pretty darn withered. Do you know what I mean? And I think we should be a living epistle known and read by God, by all men, sorry, a living epistle of God. And we should be looking like we're full of something the world needs. And that's called God, the Holy Spirit. That's how we should be looking. But instead, we don't get down in our boots just like everybody else at work. And it's this, it's this supernatural life. Two, the same um, uh, book of Corinthians, chapter 4, even though Paul states this is how bad it got, this is kind of, he starts to speak faith. Oh, you know when you're down? If you start speaking faith, let me tell you, you'll come up. Okay, you start speaking truth over your life. Your whole well-being will change. Why? Because it's supernatural. Because when we have faith in our heart and start to speak the truth of God's word about us, do you know what happens? That river, that fountain of life starts to move. And it moves into your soul to heal your soul. And then, if your body needs healing too, because God doesn't want to stop there, and he wants to heal the whole world, so he wants to keep going. But you see, sometimes I think we're praying, God, come down. Oh, that you will rend the heavens. And he said, I've come. I'm already here. I live in you. And we don't recognize the difference between the spirit of a person. You you, you are made of a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. Your spirit is where the Holy Spirit lives. And we we don't realize that the soul, actually what, what the soul needs is the life of the spirit impacting what's happened. And if, if the Spirit is within you, Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'll send another just like me, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit. And he will be with you, and he will be in you, in you, in you tonight. Right now, Almighty God is on the inside, in your spirit. You may not feel a thing, but if you believe it, he will start to move. And he'll move out of the Holy of Holies through your soul and out of your body. He'll come through your whole being. And Paul says, and this is verse 7, is one of my favorites. This is, he's speaking faith. But no matter what's going on, I just want to speak my faith. We have this treasure in jars of clay that the all-surpassing power may be of God the all-surpassing power may be of God, not us. Just say, we have. Do you need him to come if you have something? Do you already have the all-surpassing power? Any believers here? Even, you know... Even the newest Christian in this room, we have 
treasure in, in, in these jars of crate. Christ in us, the life of God himself. Sometimes we are praying for something we've already got. When we pray we need more power, God says, you have Christ in you. How much more power do you need than God? Is there anything to add? Or should we finish it right there? This all surpasses, that's what Paul says, I can't hardly describe it. It's all surpassing. It surpasses every other power. And so when we go through trouble and difficult times, we have something more than we need to match the problem we're in. Because it's all surpassing power. And the Holy Spirit wants to move into your soul to bring a wellness of joy, peace, love, and restoration. So that what was healed, what was um, broken is healed. What was hurt is mended and made whole. And what wasn't working right is working. If we look outside of ourselves, we're looking wrong, aren't we? Paul says we have this treasure, that this power may be of God and not of us. Paul shifted his focus from the trial he was in to the treasure he had. shifted his focus now that is the key point because you and I when we're in a trial and difficulty or stuff's happened in our history or stuff is happening with somebody we love that to me is where my heart ache has been has been with somebody I really love it's broken my heart and we go through times when people we love break it breaks our heart what happens I don't know if there's anybody here who's experienced heartache in your family, with your kids, grandkids, whatever. It can, it, can, it can hurt you and affect you and damage you emotionally. And Paul was saying, I've taken the focus off all of that. And you have to rule your focus you have to take hold. Do you know you have power to take hold of your own mind? You're, you had power tonight to take hold of your own mind and say, Oh, I'm going to press on. You made a decision. I bet your flesh, some of you said, Don't go. <laughs> I don't really want to go. I don't want to go. Your flesh always goes, I don't want to, I really don't want to go. Sound like Michael McIntyre. Um, but your spirit, your spirit says, you know, you, you need to make this decision. And then you said, yeah, I will. And Paul shifted from the trial to the treasure, from the problem to the answer, from his feelings to faith. If you can make that change by saying, ah, but I have this all-surpassing power, that is of God, not of myself. Already inside of me. I mean, we could have a real powerful meeting tonight. 
I'm, I'm wanting that. Are you wanting that? I don't know if you'd like that. I think I came for something completely different than me talking. But the word working in those who believe what they're listening to, because you're hearing the word of God. Do you believe it? Do you believe this also? You have this all-surpassing power. And if you don't need it for you right now, you will one day. Absolutely. And if you don't, if you, if you don't need it tonight, somebody else needs it through you. Don't be so selfish you think it's all for you. We're here for the rest of the nation. <laughs> Hallelujah. You love me, really. I knew you would. It's for everybody else, too. And so, Paul says, I believe, therefore I speak. I believe this, so I say it. I don't feel it yet. I feel absolutely nothing. But I will speak faith. And as I speak what I believe, God will begin to move. And sometime soon, I'm going to have a healed soul. It may not be immediate, but I'm believing it. And if I continue to believe what I don't yet feel or see, God's pleased with me, and he's on the move. And if God is on the move, that means whatever's happened to me is going to be completely changed by the power of God, moving from the inside out. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The all-surpassing power. So many people are dictated by their emotions. Their whole lives are by doing life by what I feel. Now, I learned this lesson many years ago as a follower, a young follower of Jesus, that I had, in the end, I just needed to do what he wanted me to do, whether I felt like it or not. And therefore, I learned the life of obedience. But there have been other things that happen, that, that, that come in, you know, that actually I've had to choose to speak faith in. And when I'm hurting and crying, to actually continue to say, this is my faith, that I believe. I believe he has a hope and a future. I believe in every good thing that God has ever said, and I'm going to continue to stand in what I believe and speak against the tide, the tsunami of negative emotions. I'm going to continue to stand and speak the word of the Lord into every situation. We, if we live dictated by our emotional life, our own thinking, small thinking, not the word, not renewed mind, then there is no super on the natural. And I want super on my natural. Do you want super? I don't want, um, I want super joy. Super peace that passes all understanding. I want the super love, which is God's love, by the way, if you don't understand what I'm saying. And this supernatural life, we are here for a supernatural life, spirit, soul, and body. We're not just doing life slightly. It's full on. And so the supernatural life on the inside, God, flow through me. You know... If there is a tap, there's bound to be a tap in this building. If you turn on the tap, you know, it'll keep flowing for as long as the tap's on. 
Well, not rocket science, is it? And the issue is the valve, whether you've got it open or closed. And God on the inside, he needs to do nothing else. He's already done it. Jesus said it's finished. The Bible says you have everything you need for life and godliness. His divine power has given you everything you need for life. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. It's not a feeling, it's a truth. It's the fact. It's absolutely right what God says. It's already done. You see, we're always praying for something that we already have. And if we live out of what we already have, I'm telling you, we will be super, not, not, not natural. And that's the difference that God wants to make in your soul as well as your body and in your ministry. He wants you to have a completely Holy Spirit life where everything in you is infused, transformed by his power from the inside out. That's why your soul life is so important to the flow of the Spirit. There is a river, the scripture says, listen to this scripture, that makes glad the city of God. God is within her, she will not be moved. There is a river, say there is a river, that makes me glad. I might be sad, but it makes me glad. I might be hurt, but it heals me. I might have depression, but I have the joy and the praise that eliminates depression once for all because it's supernatural. It's not me trying to be. It's God's life and power flowing through me. We're going to pray in a minute, and I'm not going to speak for very long tonight because I believe the Holy Spirit does want to do some stuff. Um, One of the names of Jesus, we know he's the Word of God, but another name that Jesus is given is that he's the Wonderful Counselor. And I absolutely love my relationship with the Lord daily that I get counsel from his word every day and you know when you are a praying person the the prayers that actually live in you are the prayers that he's already given you the words that he has spoken to you. When, when he gives you his counsel through his word, his promises, when they live in you, Jesus said, when my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it will happen for you. It come into being. And he wants to bring his wonderful counsel in situations where we haven't got a clue what on earth to do. 
We haven't got a clue how to deal with someone's situation, somebody uh, that you work with, a friend next door. Um, it might be you here tonight. If you haven't got a clue what to do, let me tell you the wonderful counsel already has. And the Holy Spirit on the inside, he is, there's a translation in Daniel, when Daniel was, was spoken of, that he had the spirit of the Holy God in him. And he had this gift to untie knots. So you know knotty problems? You know what a knotty problem is? To solve problems. Daniel had the Holy Spirit solver of all tied up, so knotted up, you don't know how to untie it. Daniel had the solutions, which is why he was the solution in his generation, because of the spirit of the Holy God on him. And Jesus is the wonderful counsel of the word. And Jesus said, when the spirit comes, he will take my word and declare it to you. And you'll untie all the knots. You'll solve all the problems. You'll know exactly what to do. I'll give you my joy and peace instead of your sadness and depression and anxiety and stress. I'm not just going to tell you to give me all your cares. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you peace. And so we have the greatest resource in the entire universe, God himself. But the wonderful counselor loves to speak to us so that when we hear him, we, we come to faith, as James spoke about earlier. Faith comes from hearing, hearing by the word. But it's a word that he speaks personally to us. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And the Holy Spirit declares those things to us. That's what Jesus said his ministry would be. He would speak and tell us the things to come. And so we never, uh, never are without help. Because he is our present wonderful counselor. Um, when um, this last four, well, perhaps it's been a year, but these last four months have been pretty grotty, to say the least, for me personally. On the church, the church is, is great. I love our church. Doing great. Um, but just someone really close to me, so painful, so difficult. Um, and, you know, I stand before you, not as somebody who kind of got it all taped. But I've received some stuff from the Lord. I think, you know what, Lord? It's a belter. That's a belter. What you do is fantastic. And I am, um, even just last week, I was... Um, you know, I was just sad. You know, when you're just sad, and sometimes it's sad when you see people hurt. I mean, sometimes it's sad when you read the news. You see what's happened in America, you know, t today. Horrendous stuff. People murdered. It's just sad. And you can look around and you look at communities on people's lives without Jesus. It's sad. You, can, you know, Jesus was moved with compassion, wasn't he? He wasn't like, no, no, don't do the emotional stuff. Mm -mm. He wept over Jerusalem. He wept over those who would reject him. 
If only you knew the day of visitation. If only you knew who was here. He wasn't an unfeeling God. And I, I, I think the danger of faith, if we're not careful, is that we believe, 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 and ignore emotions. And I don't mean to say that our emotions kind of need that level of focus. I think Jesus needs all the focus. But he wants to restore our soul so that we have a healthy soul life. And I was sad. I was feeling sad. And I had my usual time, a cup of coffee. I love coffee. I love coffee. I love Jesus more, promise. But I do like coffee. And I'm sorry... I, 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 I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to coffee. I prefer proper uh, to, to instant. That's just my preference. I like proper coffee, thank you very much. And uh, so I'm drinking my lovely coffee with the Lord, and, and I'm just sad. And I turn to Luke 24. And I don't know, I'm going to finish with this, and then we're going to pray. Luke chapter 24, Jesus um, has accomplished all that was ever needed doing on the cross for the salvation and well-being of all the world in every generation. Isn't he amazing? It's already done. He loved us so much. He's done it all. And the um, Mary and um, the, the other ladies had been to the tomb and they'd gone back to the disciples and Peter and John had gone running to look into the tomb and everybody saying, they were saying he was alive. Peter was doubtful still. John believed and they looked in the tomb, you know the story. And there's this, this one of my favorite stories, The Road to Emmaus. These two guys are walking along the road and they're walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. And I love this story because it kind of, to speak so much about the way Jesus loves to come alongside and bring counsel. Now he, they're walking along, and I can, I can imagine them like this. Two faith friends. They're both disciples of Jesus, and I love that. Followers of Jesus together. So they're talking about Jesus, because followers do. <laughs> Don't we? We don't just talk to him. We talk to each other and say, oh, you know what God's doing or you know what's happening. And so they're talking along, they're walking along and these two friends are going, oh, and, and uh, look, I don't think it would have been the most cheerful sight you'd ever have seen. I think they, they were walking like this. We thought, can you believe that he died? I mean, after all those miracles and all that amazing teaching and we left everything to follow him. And uh, can you believe what happened? Because sometimes in the life of a disciple, for us even, we, we say, can you believe that happened? We left everything to follow. We did what he asked of us. Can you, can you believe that he died? It's like all our hopes and dreams are over. I mean, this was their total commitment was to Jesus. So they're wandering along the road like this. I'm sure they had sandals on. I'm sure it was dusty. And I'm sure they were tired. 
I just like to experience the scene. You know, I like to think of it. And as they're talking to each other, Jesus himself, Scripture says, drew near and went with them. Oh, don't you love him? Don't you just love him? God Almighty. Those guys, they're having a pretty miserable time. Let's, let, me, let me just come along side. Now, we need to think post-resurrection and Pentecost. Because this is pre-ascension, uh, I mean. Pre-ascension. Jesus hadn't yet ascended and sent the Spirit. So he was still limited to this resurrected body, which could pass through walls. Exciting. But um, he was still looking human, wasn't he? And he draws alongside them. And I love what he says, because um, he doesn't kind of blow his cover. (laughs) He just is like somebody else who comes along for a chat. He said, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another and walk and are sad? Don't you love it when Jesus says, "You're, you're walking sad. Shouldn't be, I don't want you to, he comes alongside, I don't want you to walk sad. But he gets them to start to speak about what, you know, they were, they were talking about, of course he already knew. Okay. But Jesus, you know, he doesn't have to come down and walk alongside anymore because he already is in us. So we walk with him all the time. Well, we can walk with him all the time because he's always with us. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And he, he, um, he listens for a little bit. And um, I'm sitting there, you know, with my cup of coffee going, this is, this is amazing, Lord. You know I'm sad. I'm not. I'm kind of carrying on in ministry and I'm healing the sick and all the rest of it, leading the church. I'm sad. Do you understand there's a difference from kind of sitting in a heap in a self-pity party? I'm not into them. I'm into seeking the first the kingdom, and I'm not into this just let's all focus on me stuff. But Jesus wants me well, which is why, beloved, I pray you will be well in your soul. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus wants that. So they'd share with him about him. <laughs> okay. I love it. I don't you love it? I just love it. So, you know, they said things. Do you not know me? Are you a stranger? Have you not heard? Oh, Jesus talking about it. And they talked about Jesus, the prophet, mighty indeed, before God and all the people. And Jesus is just going, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, all the miracles, but then our rulers and the chief priests, they crucified him, condemned him to death. We were hoping. How many of you have been sad and had that, I was hoping, line? In disappointment, I was hoping that it would be different, that it would work out different. We were hoping 
He was the one that actually were going to redeem Israel. And he said, third day since this has happened. And do you know some of our women have said he's risen again and he's, he's alive. And they, they didn't believe them. They just thought it was poppycock, basically. They thought, this is rubbish. I don't believe that. Even though Jesus had told them he would rise again, they still didn't believe. So, Jesus starts to talk to them. He lets them talk for a little bit. And he said, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe. And now I want you to look at this, the wonderful counselor. What does he do to make sad people happy again? I want you to look what the master does. And beginning at Moses, this is verse 27, and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He spoke the word. Okay? So the word of God, the wonderful counselor, present, takes the word and speaks the word to them. Okay, so he didn't put his hands hands on them and they fell over, going, Oh, I'm healed. I feel really happy now. He spoke the word to change their sadness he began to expound the scriptures and give understanding of truth I I was with um, I was speaking to somebody in the church he was going to see where he's about to go and be with the Lord and he was very sad and I spoke a word from God from the word of God that completely lifted him into a different perspective. And you see, when your soul, your mind is, is renewed and your perspective changes by the word and you start to believe in something different, then it completely changes your emotional well-being. The way you see your life in a difficult time can either sink you or lift you out. And these followers of Jesus heard the word and he began to explain to them. And then they went back to, well, actually, they, they, they asked him to stay with them a bit longer, come and eat, stay with us, it's, it's late. I love that. They constrained him to stay. And as he shares, the, he breaks the bread. Maybe they saw the nail scars. Maybe they saw. That's what made them recognize him. It's Jesus. And he vanished. And you know, they got up the journey back. So imagine the movie, Journey on the Way. Hmm. It'll be on YouTube next week. That'll be you on YouTube. Walking sad. Wow. Come on, let's go back. They were walking like this. Can you believe? Can you believe? Jesus is alive. I understand why. I know why. I, I know why we had to go through that. I know that there's 
God's going to bring something good out of this. That there is purpose in this. That, that God's resurrection power is touching this. And that this is going to rise up and be completely different from now on. I know the situation hasn't changed. But I have changed in the way I see the situation. And that situation no longer is sinking me. I'm above it. I'm winning it. I am so happy to be a Christian again. If you had the YouTube, it would be a really good YouTube. These are the things that our neighbors need to see. We need to be a witness, a living epistle, known and read by all men. We need to be the ones where the divine life is completely transforming us. And we're hearing the wonderful counsel. The Holy Spirit is moving as we believe the word. We're speaking the word and talking faith to one another. Because Jesus has talked faith to us. It doesn't matter how low you go. Jesus will always bring you back up. It doesn't matter what history you've had. Jesus is the changer of the internal well-being, the damage that has taken place. He is the restorer and the healer of the broken. And he will lift you up. Beloved, I pray... I pray that you will prosper and be in health. Sometimes your physical health is connected to your soul well-being. And if you prosper in your soul, it's easy to get healed physically. Because you've got a renewed mind, strong, joy-filled emotions. I am going to finish now, but you know this, he who, he will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is fixed on him because he trusts in you. Imagine perfect peace in trouble. Sleeping really well. In the worst of times, like Jesus in the storm. Jesus stood up out of that peace and won the victory over the storm. But it was out of peace. Perfect peace. It's super. It's not natural. It's God, not us. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I don't know if you've been walking sad or hurt or somebody in your life, you know, is going through a really hard time and it's affecting you. You know, before God changes the external, I believe that tonight he is asking us to pray together for a transformed soul, for a prosperous soul. Thank you for tuning in to Preston Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode. For more information and teachings, go to www.prestorm.org.